Think Again with Borderlands Cooperative. Join us for critical conversations about things that matter. Every Friday at 10am on 3CR Community Radio. 855am on your dial. And on 3CR Digital and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. So together, let's think again about important matters affecting us, like economics, politics, education, health, climate, and what we can do about it all. Welcome to our 59th program of Think Again, and our 17th remote program at the time of the coronavirus. This program is presented to you by Borderlands Cooperative, who have been dedicated to social change for over 20 years. I'm Jacques Boulet. And I'm Jennifer Burrell. Today, we like to go back to the idea of relationality, with which we started our Think Again program now almost 60 weeks ago. Mm-hmm. It was a time when coronavirus or COVID-19 had not yet been in our landscapes. We'll have another look at it to help us understand what is going on with the pandemic, how we can be with it and what we can do about it, and how it mm-hmm. links with various other social and ecological malaises affecting us all. Yeah, we're really living in interesting times, aren't we, Jacques? Mm-hmm. Certainly making us rethink so many things. Mm, yes, there we are in the hands of a virus that, as Walid Ali suggested in the age last Friday, shows us who's in charge. As he explains, so many of us find ourselves financially decimated through no fault of our own, thanks to a biological parasite that is showing us who is really in charge. Suddenly, all these signs of our progress become the very things that make us most vulnerable. Our masters, our mastery has become our Achilles heel. That's interdependence of the most comprehensive type. We're face to face with our own fragility and we don't like what we see, if we even recognize it at all, as he wrote in The Age. And then right on cue, the day after, also in The Age, Chip Legrand was asking, the state in crisis, who's in charge? Yeah, so asking who's in charge, he obviously hadn't read or understood Wiley talking about our essential interdependence. Mm. Mm. Uh, even so, Legrand rather selectively quoted a number of unidentified informants and some of mm. the usual suspects who had nothing good to say about the government and the health department. And we were back to the need for control over such measly things like pandemics and the search for who was at fault in not taming it. Mm. Yeah, and then we got Andrew Bolt, of course, in the Herald Sun tabloid ranting about freedom loss and that he wasn't going to put a face mask on and neither should anyone. So we got people hiding in, in freight trains or folding themselves up in the boots of small cars to pass mm. to pass closed state boards. Yeah. It's incredible. Mm. And mm. then, like the calm voice of reason in a dust storm, our friend Ross Gittins gently warned our economically inclined members of government, and all of us really, that, quote, we won't achieve economic reform until we... Cooperate. <laughs> so that was in the age on last Saturday. Mm-hmm. 
He concludes his exploration of the moral case for action on climate change, of which the pandemic certainly is an early warning, by saying, and quote again, conventional economics doesn't take much interest in morality, but economies where everyone sticks out for number one stopped working very well. And self-interest isn't enough to solve a wicked problem like the climate change or the pandemic mm. for that matter. Yeah. Mm. yeah, and then most recently, in the midst of the pandemic, our federal leave- leaders saw it appropriate to cut back job seeker payments mm-hmm. to below the poverty line again and not even promising to keep that reduced payment permanent. Mm-hmm. Their argument is, well, their argument is we should not disincentivize. I love that word. <laughs> we should not disincentivize people's work ethic, sort of assuming they don't want to work, you know. Mm. Um, we shouldn't disincentivize people's work ethic and their sense of mutual obligation, which is pretty insulting when you think mm. of it. And and no matter, no consideration that there's, there's just not nearly enough jobs for everyone who wants one, 13 mm. Um, th- for every 13 people looking for work, there's one job. So. Yeah, so go figure. Yeah. Mm. Well, we'll now go to some music, um, followed by a promo. Oh, Jacques, can you remind us what that yeah, music is? Yeah, it's Fellow the Sun. Uh, fellow the, yeah, Fellow the Sun by Saviour Rudd.
cherish this moment, cherish this breath. Tomorrow's a new day for everyone. A brand new moon, brand new sun. Hi there, 3CR listeners. This is Shane Howard, the Gowana fella. These are strange and tough times, and a lot of people are doing it really hard. But they will pass. Be kind to yourself and others. Buy local, and like 3CR, support local businesses and local artists. Don't be afraid to reach out for help if you need it, and don't hold back giving it if you can. Thanks to 3CR for being their collective voice. You're listening to Think Again, 3CR, 855 AM on your dial, 3CR Digital and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. Today we're going back to our very first program about relationality. So way back then we said that reality consists of ongoing processes of relating. We're all connected and interdependent in the flow of life. This insight has major implications for the way we relate to each other and organise our lives and really organise our society for that matter. Mm. So in a way joining Walid Ali and Ross Gittins when we argue that our social and ecological worlds don't consist of individual objects bumping into one another in a sort of a linear fashion, like billiard balls hitting each other after having been hit by a cue Mm. in the hand of a player. (laughs) Unfortunately, much of our teaching and understanding of how the world works has been and continues to be like that, based on Mm. a few universal laws that are supposed to explain everything. Mm, Rather than just a certain things in a certain area. Mm. Mm. um, Charlene Spretnack um, talks about relationality in her book, Relational Reality, which we did refer to in our first program. Charlene described really well the problematic type of thinking that's dominated our understanding of the world and our place in it over the last 400 years or so. She says, quote, one simple idea underlies the systems of knowledge that have shaped modernity, that all entities in the natural world, including us, are essentially separate and that they function through mechanistic ways of interacting. Yeah, she then explains a relational approach that would better underlie our thinking and the ways in which we survive and organize ourselves. Again, she says, quote, in contrast, a very different yet elegantly, elegantly simple idea is now emerging and correcting the extremely limited mechanistic view that all entities in the natural world, including us, are thoroughly relational beings of great complexity. Mm. In over about 300 pages, she then goes on to explain how we are composed of and are nested within networks of relationships that are dynamic and reciprocal. Mm. 
Yes, so the old naive mechanistic science of things and how they interact in a simple way, that should really have been overturned in the early 1900s. So around that time, quantum physics showed us that the existing naive mechanistic science and its universal laws couldn't explain what was happening in the world at a subatomic level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yesterday evening I was looking at a David Bohm uh, commemoration. Mm. Great, David mm. Bohm was one of the people of that time. B-O-H-M. Well, a bit later, yeah, a hero of mine. And Albert Einstein, he reminded us that as we observe the universe, we are actually part of what we observe, so that it is best understood as being relational rather than mechanistic mm. or objective. As is mm. well known, he used the word relativity. Why we mm. stuck to the old models of scientific perception may be the subject of yet another of our programs. But it is interesting to observe that much social research and social science, including economics, of course, still try to follow the old mechanistic model, even while the natural sciences, including physics, they have long moved yeah. on. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But um, all that aside, let's, let's go back to our guiding relational principles principle or some might say paradigm for understanding the world and let's see how it might contribute to our attempt towards a healthy and sustainable world which is what we all want. Mm -hmm. Firstly humans are primarily and essentially relational beings. These relations are between ourselves as humans and also with our surrounding material world and also of course the natural world which has a great implications for what we're doing to the planet and ecology. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So every, everything's interconnected and interdependent. This interdependence extends to each other, all living things, and the planet as a whole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, another aspect, another aspect to add to this is that the relationships we are involved in and without which we simply would not exist are more than just utilitarian. That means, rather than considering everything and everyone just existing for the benefit of me, quote-unquote, of the individual mm-hmm. person, Walida Lee's interdependence and Ross Gittin's cooperation are reciprocal or mutual. Mm, so and reciprocal... A, and apologies for that phone going off. Yeah, a bit of interdependent stuff going on there, Jacques. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so... Uh, Reciprocal and mutual relationships. I think mm-hmm. they're really um, in, uh, really good ways of framing what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. In contrast, different versions of capitalism radically overemphasize our supposed individualistic self-interest. And I think everyone would be aware of that in one way or another, like mm-hmm. the neoliberal version of capitalism that still unfortunately dominates despite all our constant critiques. Mm-hmm. And, and also versions of Christianity that we've talked about, such as Hillsong, Church Evangelism, mm-hmm. uh, they also yes. promote the idea of individualistic self-interest rather alarmingly yes. for, for a Christian church. Mm, exactly. And on that note, we probably need a bit of a breather and go on to the promo. <laughs> 
3CR is a community radio licence holder. What you hear on community radio is governed by the community radio codes of practice. The codes of practice cover matters relating to program content, including local content, news, current affairs, Australian music, programs for children and the responsibilities associated with broadcasting by and for the community. They also cover aspects such as community access and participation in the operation of this station. Copies of the code are available from the 3CR website. Go to 3cr.org.au forward slash who we are. You're listening to Think Again, 3CR 855 AM on your dial. 3CR digital and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. Today, we're talking about how and why a concept of ourselves as relational beings rather than independent individuals can help us build a healthier and sustainable world. Mm. Lots of writers actually have talked about humans being essentially relational, social beings rather than just individual functions or roles in a marketplace. There's two authors, Godbu and Kai. They mention, and I quote, before human beings are understood in terms of any economic, political, or administrative functions they they fulfill, they must be understood as persons, not just Mm. a conglomerate a conglomerate collection of particular particular roles or functions, but autonomous relational units endowed with at least a measure of coherence all their own. They say that in a book called The World of the Gift, published in 98, Mm. and uh, it has become, for me, really a a thing I go back to again and again. And we can put that on our program page. Mm, Yes, we will, yeah. They continue, and I quote again, the transformation of biological individuals into social persons does not occur first in the relatively abstract sphere of the market and the state, even if they do make a certain contribution. But it happens in the world of what they call primary sociality, where within the family, in relations with neighbors, in comradeship and friendship, person-to-person relationships are forged. Mm, so, so needless to say, I guess humans mm-hmm. are not just cogs in the wheels of industry. Mm, that's correct. Mm. Serving commercial purposes. Mm. They're more than that, and, and mm. they're relational. That's right. Uh, mm-hmm. that, yeah, so then the question is, how would a relational approach help us to better deal with pandemics? and other disasters in the future? So that's a big question. Mm. And, and, and how would it help us, a relational approach, help us deal with the current crisis even? So staying with some of the issues we've already dealt with in previous programs, let's start with employment and unemployment. Well, firstly, the recent federal mini-budget should have maintained job seeker payments and assistance for other Centrelink recipients at least mm. above the poverty line of $480 or thereabouts per week. 
illustrating ways in which we are all connected, econ- economist, economist Ross Gittins, mm-hmm. he previously said in the age, and again, there he is, our usual source mm-hmm. of information in terms of economy. All things economics. He says a point to remember is that these measures, job seeker and job keeper, don't just directly relieve the financial pressures on people who've lost their jobs. They benefit all of us indirectly by injecting additional money into the economy, which then flows through many hands, shopkeepers and workers alike, keeping the economy moving and thus limiting the further rise of joblessness. Mm-hmm. Mm. And again, taking a relational approach, mm. we also need to redirect our health funding from a medicalized biological model back to a public health model that focuses on where health and illness happen. That's, of course, in local communities. This is a preventive, empowering approach to health where it puts health in the hands of the people. It's been long developed and recommended by the World Health Organization. So it's not pie in the sky. It's not radical. And we've actually unwound what we had of that in the past. Mm -hmm. If funding of our health sector had not been diverted from a public health model toward a hospital-based curative, inverted commas, medical model, the COVID outbreaks could have been responded to by densely spread local community health centres. Mm-hmm. As a sort of a first uh, first wall of defence, if you want. They would have mm-hmm. been preparing their communities, including their multicultural and disadvantaged sections, through community development and health promotion approaches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and in the public housing towers in Flemington, Kensington and North Melbourne, multicultural communities would be ready or they would have been ready, mm-hmm. and they could have become active immediately when there was a threat. Good relationships with the people living there and with community leaders would have already been established, and communication would have been, or, and could have been, swift and appropriate. And residents wouldn't have been confronted and, inverted commas, detained by police at the first indication that something was up. In fact, Chief... Well, Victoria's Chief Health Officer Brett Sutton admitted as much after the communities themselves had taken control of the proceedings. Mm. Mm. In a relational approach that recognises our interdependence, everyone would have adequate and decent public housing in the first place. Mm -hmm. Homeless people would be properly supported while being sheltered in stable and supportive surroundings. We would not need to put in place emergency measures like putting them up in hotels, removed from their familiar surroundings and a few people they connect with to get them off the streets and prevent their Mm. with the coronavirus from infecting them or being passed on by them. (laughs) That's right. Mm. Of course, COVID-19 itself shows how interdependent we really are, as Walid Ali explained so well. Reminiscent of the War of the Worlds, it shows how despite our hubris and illusions of control and mastery, a microscopic biological agent can bring us all to our knees, not just individually, but, but showing how all are affected when only one or some are affected. We're all affected because we're interdependent in our highly interconnected world. This is especially the case when we are pretending 
We're all separate and independent. That makes mm. us fragile. And when we're organising our society mm. on these shaky sands of so-called mm. independence. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And as a, sort, a short aside from the pandemic, John Sylvester in The Age, also in The Age, describes a new approach to policing in Victoria under the new Chief Commissioner Shane Patton. We would call it a form of relational policing he is proposing. And we hope that it's not too much of a stretch as it unfolds, as it would require a lot of new learning and adapting from the coppers. It follows mm. a New York model, and it is described like this. The same police are put on the same shifts and work the same regions. Mm. They get to know the residents and workers. They learn their problems and are not diverted to assignments dispatched by radio. Yeah, it's very radical, isn't it, Jacques? But not mm. really. It's actually old policing, probably. Mm. Mm. Sounds like, really sounds like a localised relational community development approach, doesn't it? It certainly does. And particularly now also with the crisis in the United States, it looks very clearly that we're not on our own, suggesting that mm. policing needs to be changed into more of a relational kind of way. And we haven't gone to the extremes uh, policing has gone in the United States, but still we can certainly learn from what they are now proposing there. And so mm. it may lead to what Godboot and Kayi, the ones I was talking about before, suggested. They suggest a network of interpersonal relations consolidated by the gift and by mutual aid, which alone enables one to survive in a mad world. The gift, they say, they have their question, it is perhaps that. What is there when all has been forgotten and before anything has been learned? So mm, here's... So hoping, Jack. Mm, mm. Yeah, so, so Jack, I just wanted to clarify that. Yeah. Sorry. So yeah. um, a network of interpersonal relations consolidated mm. by the gift. Mm -hmm. And then you said the gift, it's... The gift, it is. You see, the book, the title of the book is, is, is The Gift, and they particularly refer back to the not paid and not formalized ways in which communities used to relate with one another and used to survive and used to... Most of that was based on the idea that it is not just the one who gives something to someone else, but that the one who receives is actually giving mm. a gift, the gift of receiving to the one who mm -hmm. gives. So that mm. means that is really a, the best description of the mutuality and the reciprocity we have been advocating for. And that, that mm. is what is, as I said before, the first ring of defense against whatever guns upon communities. Mm -hmm. So here's hoping, and we at Borderlands would certainly revel in a new world where we could assist in restoring the relational capabilities of us humans. So that so-called civilization has so effectively eroded, if not destroyed. Mm -hmm. mm. And so particularly also we try to reinforce that in the journal New Community, which, of which we have been talking quite a bit. The uh, present issue is particularly talking about the grassroots ways of uh, relating with one another. So if anyone is interested, do get in touch with us. Uh, uh, Borderlands now being in Footscray, uh, of course, our attempt at becoming part of the community there has been rudely interrupted by uh, the
to coronavirus happening mm. to all of us. So uh, we are still actively looking for a place where we can better establish ourselves. And if anyone mm-hmm. has an idea, please do let us know. Thanks for listening to Think Again on 3CR Community Radio with Jacques Boulet and Jennifer Borrell. Remember, if you want to send us a message or ask about anything from today's program, you can email Borderlands at borders at borderlands.org.au. Just put Think Again in the subject line. Our programs are available by podcast and the 3CR website at 3cr.org.au. We would always like, uh, again, like like always, we would like to thank Leanne for pulling the program together from the 3CR studio where Jennifer and I connect remotely. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, stay tuned for the following program, Jailbreak, which gives a voice to prison inmates, their families and their friends. To bring us into this program, we have World Turning by Yotu Yindi. 